Go to Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 4. When I've been with you on Sunday, we've uh, been talking about not giving the devil any place. Give no place to the devil. And we get that from this scripture right here in Ephesians 4. This whole chapter obviously is very good. But uh, in verse 23 we'll start. Ephesians 4.23 he said, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore putting away lying speak every man truth with his neighbor for we're members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. God's word translation says it like this. Verse 25. Get rid of lies. Speak the truth to each other. We're all members of the same body. Be angry without sinning. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil any opportunity to work. The King James says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give the devil any opportunity to work. This is a charge to us. This is not something that God's going to do for us. And this is not something that we can pray. You, you can't, well, let me say it like this. There are two major kinds of prayers God cannot answer. Can't answer. What do you mean? If you're asking him to do something he's already done. How can he answer that prayer? And secondly... Asking him to do something that he told you to do. How can he answer that prayer? Is he going to say, okay, forget about what I said. I know I told you to do it, but I'm just going to do it for you. Forget about what I said. God never says, forget about what I said. <laughs> he never has. He never will. Because he foresaw Every possible situation before he said it, his word is perfect and requires no update or modification. If they ever come out with a Bible 2.0, don't buy it. Don't get it. <laughs> don't you do it. Because <laughs> if it can be improved, it's not the word of God. Now, uh, so many things we see from this passage. Obviously, there is a devil. Not just this verse, but there's many, many verses that reveal that and confirm that. Now, one of the biggest things the devil has pulled off is convincing most of the world he doesn't exist. And even in churches... There are many, many churches where you will never hear a reference to the devil. 
Or if you do, it's just real quick passing and go right on. And you'll find that where people are not aware of the existence and operation of the enemy, church people, they make the mistake of blaming God for what the devil does. Well, there's an enemy. What's he doing? What's his work? We need to know the difference and not blame God for what the enemy does. Jesus said this in John 10.10. Put it on the screen for us, please. John 10.10. Jesus said, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Here Jesus draws a sharp contrast between himself and somebody else. Who's the thief? Is God the thief? Is the Father the thief? Certainly not Jesus. Who's the thief? There is a devil, and he has many cohorts, evil spirits. Now, another word for evil is just simply bad. The word evil means bad. God is good. What he does is good. The Holy Spirit is a good spirit, the good spirit. But the devil is bad. What he does is bad. Is stealing bad? Is killing bad? Is destroying bad? And I know this this sounds elementary, but many churches in the country and world act like there's no devil. They never acknowledge, and when bad things happen, they turn around and say, well, we don't know why God did that. Or why, well, maybe he didn't do it, but he let it happen. Well, what about the devil? What about the enemy? What's he doing? And we're not told to accept whatever the enemy does because it's part of the mysterious, unknowable will of God. We're told to resist the enemy. Are we, child of God? We're told to stand against, resist and give no place to the devil. Say it out loud, give no place to the devil. Let me just remind you, 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So you have an adversary. I know it's not a nice thought, but you don't want to pretend you don't have an adversary when you do. You don't want to be on the watch when he, he's trying to hurt you. you. You want to be vigilant. You want to be sober, alert, awake, on the watch, not afraid, but ready. Can you see this, child of God? Not, not afraid, not fearful, but aware. And on the watch, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, didn't say he was one, is how he operates, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. 
Don't you like that one word, may? M-A-Y? Didn't say he's going around just devouring whoever he wants to. There are some he may devour. There are some he may still kill and destroy. In fact, there's a lot of them. But there are some he may not. Why? Because there are some that won't give him place. Look at the very next verse, verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. That's why the enemy was not able to devour or destroy these individuals because they resisted him. Instead of just letting him do whatever he wanted to do, acting like he didn't even exist. See, you're never going to resist what doesn't exist. Resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In James, the fourth chapter, and the seventh verse, the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So this is three witnesses. This is Paul, this is Peter, and this is James saying the same thing inspired by the Holy Spirit. James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Who's going to do that? Only you. Who's going to make you do that? Nobody can make you do that. If you don't do it, it won't happen. Resist the devil. Who's going to do that? Now here's what I was talking about earlier. If you're praying, begging the Lord to make the devil leave you alone, That's a prayer he can't answer. He can't answer that prayer. Why? You're trying to get him to do what he told you to do. That's not going to work. And and sadly, you've got so much prayer, even though it's sincere, it's wasted motion. God can't answer it. He's not going to contradict his word, contradict himself. To answer your uninformed prayer. (laughs) Yeah, but I cried when I prayed. Well, I I understand. (laughs) But you should have cracked open your Bible once in a while. Right? And read and found out what he told you to do. (laughs) Man, this is good though when you find out why some things haven't been happening and you make the change and now you start getting some results. That's a good thing. He said, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. Who's going to do it? The understood subject is you. You resist the devil and he will flee from God. No. You. You. When you find out who you are, child of God, who you have been made to be in the new birth, and what great mighty spirit is in you now in the person of the Holy Spirit, and what name you have been given, the name of the head of the church, Yeshua Jesus, the name above every name, when you find that out, you will lose any fear of the devil. And you'll find out that in fact they're afraid of you. They're afraid of you. The Bible said what is in, in 1 John that the, uh, the demons believe that there's one God. James 2 actually, 19. And they shudder 
the Young's Living translation says. The demons shudder. They're the ones shaking. Said out loud, the greater one lives in me. I have the authority over all the enemy in the name of Jesus. And so when you mean business and you resist the devil in that authority, what does he do? He can't even hang around and argue with you about it. He has to flee. Flee means get out of there quick, in a hurry. This is the truth. Thank God it makes you free. Look with me in Ephesians, the sixth chapter. You see another instance where Paul, the Spirit of God through Paul talks about this. Multiple witnesses were saying of this reality. Ephesians 6 and verse 10. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. He didn't just say be strong. He, that's in your own strength. Be strong in the Lord's strength and in the power of his might, not your own. Because yours will run out. And if you don't think so, you just haven't been pushed far enough. Everybody has a too much point. Everybody has a breaking point. The strongest of the strong. You, you can run out. But God's strength in you does not fail. And Paul found that out. He said, he said that I found out that when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Hallelujah. Why? Because his grace kicks in. His strength is bigger than mine and doesn't run out. His grace is sufficient. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now you'll see this phrase, stand or against, I don't know, four or five times in this little passage right here. And some of these words are the same ones that's translated resist. So whether you're talking about, we hear the word, you know, people quote it, having done all to stand, stand. Well, what you could put after each one of those words is stand against. That's what the phrase means. Having done all to stand against, against what? The wiles of the devil. Then what do you do? You stand against it. You never stop standing against the enemy and give in. You never stop resisting and capitulate and just yield. Didn't he tell us, don't give place to the devil. So put on the whole armor of God that you may able, be able to stand against. Everybody say stand against. Now here's where we need to watch about religious ideas. Stand against the devil. Almost every person that grew up around Christianity, they've heard something along that line. They believe that. But what does that mean? How do you stand against the devil? People are waiting for a being in a red suit and horns and a pitchfork. You know? And you're going to keep on waiting for that. That's just not reality. How do you resist the enemy? You, you stand against the wiles. 
of the devil. Wiles. What does that mean? Wiles means cunning, craftiness, trickery, deception, sophistry. And like we we looked last time, sophistry means subtly deceptive reasonings or subtly deceptive arguments. This is what we should be vigilant on the watch for. Because in most cases, you're not going to see an evil spirit or hear an evil spirit. Thank God. Most cases. But they will be active. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to trick you. They're trying to deceive you. And they are not obvious. They are never obvious. They're subtle. They're tricky. They approach from angles they hope you won't notice. You won't recognize that it's them. This is something we need mind renewal in. Because you've got much of the church acts like there is no devil. And then you got other folks, when they think about the devil, they think about some Hollywood version of demons and big monsters and all this kind of stuff. And they're waiting on, like I said, something with horns and a pitchfork. And that's just got nothing to do with reality. The thing we need to be on the guard about are thoughts and feelings, reasonings, arguments that are against the truth. Against the truth. That try to get us, block us, from getting the truth or if we've gotten a hold of the truth try to convince us to turn loose of the truth isn't this what happened with Adam and Eve did they have the truth they had it don't eat one tree you can can eat of anything else everything else but the one you don't eat of that and if you do You'll die. Did God tell them true? Was every word he told them true? True, true, true. So what did the enemy come and and do through the serpent? He questioned what God said. Did God say that? Trying to enter some kind of a confusion. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get them to loosen their hold on the truth and then turn loose of it completely and embrace something else that he said. Can you see that? And so eventually the, he said, did God say? And they said, well, you, you won't die. Well, they didn't know what die was. Nothing around them ever died. They weren't dying. They had never experienced death of any kind. That is just a lie. This is what we should be on guard against. A lie. 
But see, if you don't know that a lie is a lie, you're not going to resist it. And if you even become convinced that the lie is truth, you will receive it, you will embrace it, you'll even defend it. Because you think it's truth. That's what deception is, is you believe a lie is true. If you knew it was a lie, you wouldn't be deceived. Now, I know that we've touched on some of this already, but this is so important. Every day and every night, the devil is trying to deceive you. He's trying to trick you and me. And he's very good at it. He's practiced on untold human beings for millennia. He and his cohorts are experts at convincing human beings of things that are not true. So what? Where's our protection? Put on the whole armor of God. Now don't get hung up on breastplate, helmet, shoes. This is just a graphic picture. What is the the breastplate? Righteousness. The truth about who you are in Christ will protect you from the devil trying to shame you, condemn you, tell you you're not worthy, tell you you can't receive, you can't do. Can you see that? When you know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, I am clean, I'm made holy, I'm made completely acceptable to God by the blood of the Lamb, you don't receive condemnation. You don't receive shame. And so the enemy cannot block you or keep you out of things through his lies about shame and condemnation. Each one of those pieces he's talking about, don't get hung up on the physical piece. He's just using that as a graphic representation. The armor is not breastplate. The armor is righteousness. The shield is not just a physical piece of something. The shield is faith. But notice what the first one is he mentions. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The Dewey translation says it like this, that you may be able to stand against the deceits, deceits of the devil. Now we... We camped on this last week some. Too many are too quick to believe what they hear. When it comes to God, you believe everything he said without hesitation and without a question. If it is written, you accept it even if you don't understand it. When it comes to everybody else, You don't, you don't just believe what you hear. Why? Because you realize the enemy is trying to trick me. And he tries to come through areas and people and things that I won't detect him, that I won't expect. 
And he mixes a half-truth with lies. And he's always trying to bait me. He's always trying to trick me. So what do I need to be? I need to be sober, vigilant. Come on, are you seeing this now? I need to be on guard. Against what? Against being fooled. Now, if you think, well, I'm a pretty smart person, you're already getting tricked. Because <laughs> I don't care how smart you are, you ain't that smart. You're not smart enough, you're not genius enough to outwit these spirits that have been doing this for millennia before you ever got here. You cannot just outthink the enemy. If you're trying to do that, he's got you where he wants you. And he will play you like a banjo. You won't even know it. So how can I keep that from happening? You rely on the Lord your God. Not on yourself. You rely on him. And like we said, there's two big things that your standard that you measure everything by, you check everything by. Did anybody remember what they are? Two big things. What are they? Number one, the Word. What do you mean? This Word. The Bible. The written Word. That's why the more ignorant you are of this book, the easier you are to deceive. And sadly, most church-going people are woefully ignorant of the Scripture. Pitifully ignorant of the scripture. Pitifully. You say, well, I, you know, I just, no, there's really no excuse. The Lord told us, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We should treat feeding on the word daily as an absolute priority and necessity. Other things you can skip, but don't, but not this. And you know most Christians don't live like that. Around here, though, everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. Someone says, really? Yeah, everybody. Everybody. And if you don't do it, why not? Do you want to read more than that? Help yourself. But this is a minimum. Why? Just because, just what we're talking about. If you don't know God's word, you don't know his will. And if you don't know his will, you'll believe something else. The more ignorant we are of his word, the more easily tricked and deceived we are. How did Jesus overcome the direct pressure and temptation attack of the enemy for those 40 days and nights in the wilderness? How did he do it? How did he do it? If you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. He was the son of God and he was hungry. Did you think, do you think he believed it's possible for a rock to become a nice hot piece of bread? You know he did. Why didn't he do it? 
Why didn't he do it? The father didn't tell him to do it. This is the enemy trying to manipulate him. What did he say? What did he say? It is written. If that's how the master did it, you think you're going to find a better way to do it? But what if you don't know it is written? What if you don't know the applicable word in that area? You don't know anything about what God said about any of that. Then you're in trouble. You got nothing to come back with. You got no comeback. So what will you do? Then you will just seriously entertain what the enemy's telling you because you don't know of any reason why not to. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the other two big instances that are mentioned there, same thing. It is written. It is written. And then the enemy starts quoting scriptures. Didn't he? He said, uh, it's written. <laughs> Is he a sorry cuss or what? The devil says, it's written. He'll give his angels charge over you to bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Reckon he quoted it correctly. That time, he quoted it correctly. But he's trying to get the Lord to act on it in a wrong way. And what did the master say? What did he say? It's also written. <laughs> Can you see? This is a battle of words. Words. And not only do you have to know it's written, you have to know it's also written to rightly divide the Word of God. Instead of somebody pulling out half a verse and trying to make it say this that it didn't really say, you say, well, no, 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 that can't be right because these three other verses say this. Come on, can you see that? But if you don't know it is written and you don't know it is also written, then you are easily deceived, easily misled, easily led astray. So if you hadn't been reading your chapter, you hadn't been feeding on some word, oh, friend, start it. Immediately, somebody said, well, it's, it's such a big book, and I don't know, and who can understand the Bible? Oh, that's such a big cop-out. You got the author of the book living inside you. He'll tell you what he meant. Now, certainly, you won't understand everything that you see in here for, because you're a baby, spiritually. And there's some things that a three-year-old can ask you can't even answer them. Why? If you told them the answer, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. So you've got to grow. You've got to develop to understand some of these things. But the Lord knows that. He didn't expect you to know everything. Just walk in the light of what you have. Can you say amen? amen. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, please. What should we be on guard against? Watching out for the wiles, the trickery, the deception of the enemy. Quit trying to see spirits, hear spirits, and feel spirits. 
that shouldn't be your focus. They're around, but for the most part, we don't see them and hear them and feel them. It would be distracting. And you shouldn't be interested in the enemy to want to know any more about them. They're liars. But what you want to do is not let them play you. Not let them work you. Not let them deceive you or mislead you. In uh, 2 Corinthians, look at the 10th chapter, first of all, of 2 Corinthians. Do you know what's going on in the faith life family? I know some of this, you know, it may not make you just want to run the aisle right now, but do you know what's going on? We are developing and becoming more spiritually aware. And we're growing in being led by the Spirit. And the enemy is going to find us harder and harder to mislead or trick or confuse. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is going to find us easier and easier to work with. That we respond to him and follow him. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down what? This is true spiritual warfare. Not putting on boots and fatigues and climbing up to the top of the highest building and screaming at the devil. Where do you find that in the Bible? Find the highest place. Put on some warfare gear. Scream loud. That's not what you should be focused on. What should you be focused on? Imaginations. Now you don't have to leave the house to deal with them. Has anybody ever had a weird imagination come to you? A stray, where did that come from? Imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But you've got to have some knowledge of God. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to be able to read Greek and Hebrew. I'm not talking about that. But you need to have some knowledge of what your God told you to do and not do. You need to know this. It's, you're not okay. And it's sad that people will spend years and years and all kind of money on school and university trying to educate their mind and, and do no effort to develop their spirit. Or all kind of effort to develop their body, but none to develop your spirit. And it just means you are a physically fit with a degree, easily duped individual. You wind up wasting half your life only to realize, man, I thought wrong. I believed wrong about that. And the devil is stealing from you. Destroying things in your life, killing things, and you got a lot of people blaming it on God. It's sad. The devil's just laughing the whole time. He and his cohorts are just 
running unchecked in most places. But not here. Oh, somebody say, not here. Say, not in my life, not in my house, not in our church. Are we going to act on the word and not give him any place? Not give him any place. We can do it. We can do it. He said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. Now see, it's a lot easier to go up on top of the highest building and scream at the devil than it is to do this. Examine every thought. Check every imagination and feeling. What am I checking for? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? You have a feeling all you're doing pretty good. Not always you just feel bad. Yeah. And a thought comes. And a memory. And what about this? And you need to realize you're being attacked. <laughs> you're being attacked. And the enemy doesn't want you to know what's going on. He just wanting you to go, I don't know why, but I just feel sad. I just, I don't know, but I just kind of feel fuzzy and confused. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is something you should be resisting. You should say, no, you don't. No, you don't. I have the mind of Christ. Get out of here. Fear, get out of here. Leave me in Jesus' name. Confusion, go. You need to speak up. You need to mean business. Not just pull the blinds, put a cool cloth on your head, call it a day. I just don't feel like doing anything. I just... I just, if people could see what they were cozied up against for three days of feeling sorry for themselves, they'd take five showers. I'm telling you, these things are real, but they are so tricky, they're so crafty, they're so subtle. What am I standing against? What am I watching out for? The wiles, the trickery of the devil. What am I specifically looking at, checking? Imaginations and thoughts. Come on, can you see this? Imaginations comes with feelings and thoughts. Where'd that thought come from? Well, how can I tell where it came from? How can I look at it again? Casting down imaginations. One, one uh, translation says reasonings. Reasonings. And that's what that definition of sophistry is. Is uh, cleverly crafted reasonings and arguments. So subtle. I wonder why they didn't call you. After all you've done for them. They couldn't, even, they couldn't even pick up the phone. 
<laughs> and if you're dumb, you go, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just might as well said, come on, give me some more. Give me some more. And you, in a matter of minutes, can lose your peace, can lose your joy, can start getting mad, can start getting upset, can start getting bitter. And you don't realize it, but the enemy is not just wanting to ruffle your feathers today. He wants you to become so depressed and so unthankful that it messes up your relationships. You start being so mean and so hard to live with and so hard to be around that you lose your marriage. He's not just trying to ruffle your feathers. He's trying to steal something from you. He's trying to destroy. He's trying to kill something in you. He's trying to destroy. He's trying to keep you so down and so bitter and so confused that it weakens your immune system. And that you begin to have problem with your intestines that turns into something terminal. And it started with something simple like a thought and a feeling. Am I exaggerating? That's how these things work. And see, he, the enemy is a persistent cuss. Even though you refuse and reject a thought or a feeling, he'll bring it back to you another thousand times. And he will sow a seed and endeavor to water that bad seed for 20 years. See, they, they don't see time like we do. They've been around for millennia. So 10 years, 20 years is no time to them. But, but, I want you to back up a little bit to the second chapter here. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. The second chapter, the 11th verse, he said, lest Satan, well, actually in verse 10, he said, forgive. Forgive, lest, verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. This is the same idea as wiles, his trickery, his schemes. How could it be we're not ignorant? Because we're not ignorant of God's word. And we're not ignorant of the Holy Spirit. That was the second one. We measure everything by the Word. And what's the other one? The witness. The witness of the Spirit inside us. The witness helps make up for anything we might come short on knowledge of the Word. If we haven't found that verse yet, the Spirit of God will reveal it to us. And even later on, we'll find the scripture and go, that's what the Spirit of God said that got me through that. Oh, he's so good to us. Now, you were there in 2 Corinthians in the 10th chapter. Go over to the 11th chapter. This warfare, this spiritual warfare, our weapons, they're not natural. They're not fleshy. But they are real and they're spiritual and they're mighty. They're powerful through God doing what? Casting down. Say it out loud. Casting down. down. Imaginations. Imaginations. Verse 5. Casting down. That's 10-5. Casting down imaginations 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Is that what Eve should have done when the enemy told her, has God said? She should have said, yeah, that's what he said. What about it? And he said, you will not surely die. She should have gotten up on the inside and said, say what? Say what? You calling my father a liar? Say what? Should she have examined that and caught that and said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. God said, you eat of it, you die. What'd you say? What'd you say? Casting down. It needs to be slapped down. Come on, you need to get feisty when the devil tries to lie to you and you need to come up with a hand. We're going to slap this thing down. No, you don't. No, you don't lie to me. I ain't going to take it. God said it, and that's it. I'm not receiving it. Casting down, slapping down, knocking down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If it's trying to tell you that what God told you is not true and right and perfect and good, you do not accept that. And you bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. I know that requires some vigilance. Every thought. There's a lot of thoughts roaming around out here. Right? But examine it. Where did it come from? Who said that? Where did they get it? Don't say it out loud. I don't believe everything I hear. I don't accept things I see. I accept the Word of God. It is my standard. It is my final answer. And the witness of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Everything else, I scrutinize. I examine. I question. The truth will bear the most rigorous examination. Won't it? You can test it any way you want to. It ain't going to hurt it. But when people start getting huffy because you ask a question, that means their lie can't bear any examination. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start showing the holes. In the 11th chapter, verse 13, the Spirit of God through Paul talks about individuals, he said, that are false apostles. Deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. False apostles. Now, um, in Revelation, see if I can find that. He talked about that they tried individuals who said that they were apostles. Yeah, Revelation 2.2. Thank you, Lord. Revelation 2.2. He said, I know your works and your labor and your patience, how you cannot bear them which are evil. You've tried them which say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. So there were people who came to town at this church, in this area, claiming they were apostles of God, sent by God with message and ministry. And these guys said, well, We'll see if you are or not. 
And they tried them and checked them out and said, nope, you ain't. How could you know? Because of the word and the witness. Just because somebody says they're of this or of that, do you just go, okay, great, come on in and tell us what to do? No. 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 Just because somebody wrote a book and they have four initials after their name. And it's a nice hard copy. (laughs) Then they must know what they're talking about. No. Where did they get it? And the, the, I'm not knocking education, but what did they learn in the classrooms? From who? Where did their professors get it? That's right. Yes. Well, I have a degree. In what? I'm not knocking education, but don't just accept things as true because it came from this labeling. Or it has this group's endorsement. What do you do? You examine every thought of it. Against what? Against the word that you're feeding on daily and against the witness of the Holy Spirit, the author of the word, who now lives in you 24-7 because he is the uh, author of the book. It's amazing what you'll learn if you'll just Start thinking for yourself a little bit. Instead of just accepting what people say. Everything you hear on the news. What am I saying? Do not just watch and listen to go something and then start getting mad about it. Upset about it. You don't even know what happened. Show some humility. Were you there? In that situation that you're saying, were you there? Do you know anybody that was there? Then what do you know? Unless the Spirit of God shows you something or says something, you don't know. So it's too early to get glad or mad. (laughs) Can you see it, child of God? But you see, you've got so many millions of people that are so gullible. They just see something, they just hear it, and they grab it and swallow it. And run off with it. And sometimes, years later, after all kind of pain and loss, do they realize, I believed a lie. I've been chasing something that's not even true. I've been defending something that's wrong. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Is that right? quick to believe God, slow to believe anybody else. That includes me, anybody else. You should be checking everything you hear by the too big, too big, too big standards. Come on, tell me again what they are. What they are. The Word and the Witness. Word and the witness. You hear something, I don't care how much you like the sound of it, you better question it. Is that so? Oh yeah, it's so. It's so. It's confirmed. We got the data. The data. Who got the data? Where'd the data come from? Do you know? 
Have you seen it? You're just going to accept something you've got no idea about? Don't be gullible. Don't be so simple that you're so easily deceived. You don't have to be mean about it. You just, uh, I had a guy one time, he thought he was really convincing me, I guess. He wanted to tell me about this thing. He said, so you understand? I said, I think so. He said, well, you understand this? And you see this? And I said, yeah, I think so. He said, so you agree? I said, no. <laughs> he said, well, you, you said you I said, I think I do understand. But no, I don't agree. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I just told you. About you. I said, I know. I know you told me, but no. <laughs> I smiled when I said it. <laughs> but the more I grow and develop, the more I learn. I don't go by the seeing of my eye. Or the hearing of my ear. That's not how you judge right judgment. I got some help. I said I got some help. I got this eternal word of truth. That cannot fail. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But this is going to still be around. And I got the spirit of truth. Living inside me. That's his full time uh, ministry to me and you is to guide me into all the truth. Oh, hallelujah. And the truth makes and keeps me free. And I like being free. I like being clear. Don't you? Not being confused. Oh, so they came and said they were apostles. And the people at the church there said, huh. Well, we'll have to see if you are or not. <laughs> and they tried them. <laughs> what did they try them by? The word and the witness. The Bible also says, by their fruits you'll know them. Oh, yeah, right. Meaners and no. Of course, that's the word. We wouldn't know that if it wasn't for the word. <laughs> right? But they, the, their conclusion was, no, you're not apostles. No, you're not. So get on out of here. They didn't give the enemy any place. Why am I saying that? Go back to 2 Corinthians 11. I think I'm, think I'm closing. Is this important? Does this matter? Oh, it matters. 2 Corinthians 11, 13. He said, Such, these are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Who made them an apostle? They did. They made themselves an apostle. God didn't call them. God didn't anoint them. They did it. Verse 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. The enemies favored operation against us his favored deception is religious did you hear this religious you see it with uh, Adam and Eve what did he talk to them about God he talked to them about God he talked to them about knowledge of good and evil what did he talk to Jesus about being the son of God. Can you see that? Ruling over the kingdoms. 
He quoted scripture to him. The devil's main deception is religious. So if you're looking for pitchfork and, and, and horns, you're never going to catch this. Because he's not coming as a monster. He's not coming as the devil. He's the best actor there's ever been. He's coming as a messenger of light. An angel of light. Verse 15. Therefore it's no great thing if his ministers, he has a lot of people working with him, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to the works. He comes as an angel of light, his ministers come as messengers of right. Can you see why you and I better be feeding on the word? We better be listening to the spirit. Why? Because he's not coming as the devil. We see a few things. I won't take time. We've already gone long enough, but you'll see for instance, that he told them was in Mark 7 or so and other places. He said, you have made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. The enemy, through the religious leaders, had replaced truth with tradition. People will fight and die over religious tradition that is actually contrary to truth. But how would you know it's the tradition of men and not truth? How would you possibly know? By the word and by the witness. One of the big things Paul had to contend with is that there were false apostles preaching that the resurrection was past. Things like that. That there is, and some, that there is no resurrection. I mean, the Sadducees, there was a whole group of Jewish leaders that taught that there is no spirit. There's no angel. There's no demon. There's no, there's no spirit. This life is all there is. There are dangerous religious lies that the enemy is pushing. How am I going to catch it? How am I going to not be deceived and be swept up? And people say this sometimes. They say, well, you know, I mean, millions of people can't be wrong. Are you joking? Are you kidding? <laughs> Billions of people can be and are deceived. Why? No knowledge of the truth. No knowledge of the word. Not born again. Don't have the spirit. And I don't care how much of a genius you might imagine yourself to be, you're easily duped if that's the case. Don't you like the phrase, we're not ignorant? Come on, say it out loud. I'm not ignorant of Satan's devices. He's going around seeking whom he may. Does that mean he can devour everybody? No, it means he can't. And what about you? If you don't give him any plagues, and every time he comes and brings thoughts and feelings and uh, imaginations to you, you say, hold up, hold, hold on, where'd that come from? Where's that? No, no. 
I see you. I see you. Lying devil. No, it is written. Do you want to be able to, to act like the master in these things? Do you want to be able to respond? Did he win battle after battle? Did the master overcome? The devil did not win that thing. He lost that thing. And that's how you and I win every day, every hour, every week. You're an overcomer. But you'll do it by the same spirit and by the same faith and by the same word that he did. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.